Welcome into the Inside the NFL Prospects podcast series. I'm Jack Borowski, joined here alongside my co-host, Brian Sternberg. On this episode, we are fortunate to have on Ryan Swoboda. Ryan is a starting offensive tackle for the Virginia Cavaliers. He's one of the top returning players in the nation at the offensive tackle position. Ryan, thanks for joining us on the podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me. Ryan, taking into account this past season, what you were able to put out on film, just talking to coaches um, after the season, evaluating things, what are you going to be working on this offseason to take your game to that next level? You can definitely add a lot of strength. I want to um, gain a little bit of weight. I think adding about 15 pounds to my frame will really help. And I think as an old lineman, you can always improve your hands, core strength, leg strength. Uh, muscle memory in your feet. So I think just with more reps and more reps, um, it's just going to help even more. And Ryan, last year, you're part of an offensive line that ranked number one in the ACC and number 12 in the nation in terms of tackles for loss allowed. What do you think it's about this offensive line that has allowed you to have so much success on the football field? Yeah. Um, most of us, we came in in the same class. So we kind of came up together. Um, We've been together so long and we got everybody but one returning this next year. So I think we all bring kind of something different to the table. We, um, I think we all learn from each other. I think we're all leaders in our own way. And I think instead of like a hierarchy of leadership, we all kind of take stuff that um, somebody else brings. So I think, you know, guys like Chris Glazer, he's very high energy. Um, I think guys like Olu Timmy, he's like surgical in the way he prepares. Um, then you got like Joe Bissinger, he, um, we call him work boots cause he just works so hard. So, you know, if you ever think you're working hard, you look over to Joe Bissinger and, you know, he'll humble you. So I think we take something from everybody and, you know, just doing that brings us all real, real close. Off the field, how close are you guys as an offensive line, uh, with the way you're describing each other and your relationships as a whole? Oh, I love those dudes. We, um, we go out to eat every Wednesday before um, game day. And, um, you know, a lot of us, we go, we play poker. We, and we do a lot of stuff off the field together. It's been, you know, four years I've been with pretty much the same guys. And um, just getting off the field, spending so much time together when you're on the field, um, the communication just comes so naturally. And Ryan, how do you think that adds to team chemistry? Oh, yeah. I mean... We're doing, we're doing real hard things every day, just as any college program does. Um, so when you're, you're really pushing and you kind of want to quit, there's that little bit extra because, you know, you have a relationship with everybody outside of, you know, the locker room or the field. And you just want to do even more for the guys next to you. And I hope, you know, they kind of think the same thing about me. So when you, you have a true friendship aside from football, it makes your performance on the field. It gives you just a little bit more drive um, to work for everybody else. For those who don't know, Ryan, one of the tallest offensive tackles, 6'9", 6'10". At what point did you decide, hey, I want to pursue football 100% and this is the career path I want to take because you're also a really talented basketball player? Mm, That's a good question. Um, I always always really liked football um, in high school. I think maybe... I fouled out of pretty much every high school basketball game. <laughs> that that might have that might have been a, a sign to tell me, but I, I always like football. My dad played football. Um, 
and I, I think it just, um, it called for me more. And Ryan, being in the ACC, going up against Todd Town week in and week out, pass rushers from Clemson, Notre Dame, all these talented players that you're going up against, how do you think that, that makes you a, a better football player? Uh, you got to prepare. I feel like um, you're never going to have a week where, you know, you have somebody who's not talented, not capable of getting to the quarterback. So you always got to be locked in. Um I feel like for me, it's um, added motivation because in football, you have such quick, direct feedback. You know, if, I, if I'm if i lazy during the week or in the offseason, I maybe didn't take the list as serious or whatever, I'm going to get direct feedback if I allow a sack, I allow a tackle for loss. And I know the guys I'm playing against all have done those same things. So you have to elevate your performance. And, you know, I want to get good feedback when I'm playing those games. I know if I'm not at my absolute best. Um, the feedback I get won't be won't be good. Ryan, taking things back to high school, can you tell us a little bit about your your high school football career? What the recruiting process was like for you, and then coming from Florida, what went into that decision to choose uh, to play at Virginia? Yeah, I am. Um, when I started playing football as a sophomore, um, I was like six eight one seventy five. I played a line. I was, I was real lengthy, pretty skinny. So I think when, when you're that small playing O line, you have to be technically very sound because everybody you're going against is way bigger than you. So, um, luckily I, I had three really, really good coaches in high school. Uh, my head coach, Jacob Doss, my old line coach, Jason Kelly, and my strength and conditioning coordinator, um, Kyle Gilbert, they really put a structure in place where, um, it's easy to fall in love with the process and buy into to this process of how to um, build up and get to wherever you want to go. So they helped me gain weight consistently every year, improve as a player. Um, so those three really put that system in place and helped me, you know, walk through the door and and develop. So then when I didn't really, I didn't get any offers till my senior year of high school, which you know I think helped put a chip on my shoulder. But um, ultimately, UVA was my first offer which um, I really appreciated um, them being the first to believe in me. Um, after they offered, I got, I got a couple more. But once I, um, I came to UVA, I met Coach Menel, I met Coach 2J. Um, you know, they welcomed me a lot. And I, I really couldn't question at the time where I would go. And it, it, seemed, it was an obvious choice at the time. Ryan, going back to that initial decision to come to Virginia, we know long-term goal, NFL, but once your football career comes to an end, how do you feel like that decision is going to save for success off the field? Yeah, I've um, I've met a lot of really, really good people at UVA. And also just being at UVA, you know, every student is is a genius in, in some aspect, one way or the other. Um, so I'm always around really, really smart people, really, really good people. I think um, I learned from that. I, I think it helps make me better. Yeah, I, I think the classes, the education is, is top-notch, as, as you know. And yeah, just being around those people really, really helps me. Ryan, you suffered a, a very serious heat stroke as a freshman. What was that experience like dealing 
with, with the recovery process of getting back to playing football. Just take us through that time period, what it was like uh, being a freshman and, and dealing with all that came with it and how you got back to being at, at a, such a high level competing at the collegiate uh, game. Yeah, man, it was, it was hard. Um, when, when, so when I got out of the hospital, my rehab was walking on a treadmill for 10 minutes. And after about a month, it elevated to 15 minutes, just walking. Um, and that was probably one of the hardest things was seeing all the guys I came in with and they're PRing on power clean, they're squatting 500 and they're hitting these new heights and playing football and, and all that. And I'm in there walking on a treadmill seemingly, you know, seemed like I was wasting my time. Um, then I'm watching practice in street clothes. I'm not out there, you know, running through the tunnel and the colors that, you know, I was recruited to play. And so it was hard being able to just watch that from the sideline. Um, but it's also good that came out of it. I, um, so I had to take a test up in Connecticut at the Corey Stringer Institute. Um, and that test was, they strapped me up to a bunch of machines and put me in this room that's pumps in heat and humidity and it's real hot and basically see if my body's gained the capability to be a college football player. So I I failed the test when I went up there and, you know, they didn't really know if I'd be able to play football again. Um, Based on the test, the answer was no. But, um, you know, I I asked what, what program um, could I do? Is there any way I could begin playing football again? And the people up in Connecticut and the trainers here, they helped put together a plan to help me, I guess, rehab back to becoming a college football player. So basically the plan was two straight weeks, seven days a week, I would have to push my body to the limit of having a heat stroke and then cool back down to show that I had the capability to regulate that temperature. So 14 straight days, I would have to go outside, we'd go on the turf field and just do sprints, burpees, bear crawls, whatever I could to get my temperature up and not let it go down. So I did that for 14 days and went back to Connecticut after I did that. Um, and I failed it again. Ultimately I went up to Connecticut and did that process five times, but the fifth time I went, um, I passed it. And once I passed that, they said, you have shown the capability, um, to do the workload of a college football player, which, um, at the time I was about 270, hadn't played football in about a year and a half, two years to that point. Um, so that was kind of the start of becoming a football player, but that's how I went from the heat stroke to becoming a college football player. And Ryan, going through that heat stroke and everything else that came with it, what do you think that says about you at the end of the day? Well, I think the heat stroke helped me, um, it it helped me learn a lot of things about discipline. Um, I, I know it's cliche, but it, it really helped me understand controlling the controllables. Um, so with that, that means to me, you know, when I'm in there and I'm walking 10 minutes on the treadmill, everybody else is, is working out playing college football. Um, I, I, I can't do that. I can't go and practice today. That's out of my control and, and that sucked. But I, I could control, you know, the food I put in my body. What am I eating that day? I can control what time I'm going to bed. Um, that day, what time I'm waking up, how I'm waking up. There's a lot of things I realized I could control. So I guess losing control of the things I wanted the most helped me realize, you know, the power and all the things I could control. And that still has value to me today. 
Ryan, during that time, how supportive were your teammates, coaches, and just this Virginia football program as a whole? Oh, they did. They did everything for me. Um, I'll start with the trainers, the athletic trainers. They, um, they, they put together a plan um, to help me so I could work hard. I could do all the things I wanted to do, but I could also do it safely at that time. Um, they, they did a ton um, and uh, my teammates. So the old line really helped me. Coach 2J really helped me. They, um, even though I wasn't playing football, I couldn't relate at that time to, you know, what was going on in the field. I, I was still one of the guys. And, um, once I got back in, it was very, very seamless. Um, the, the support I had was, it, it was unmatched. Ryan, as you've seen this team where it's gone this past year and what is it capable of doing next year, what do you believe you guys as a team have to do next year to compete for the ACC championship? Yeah, I, I think the blueprint's there. I think our coaches do a good job explaining what we have to do to get where we want. Um, but, but it's up to us. We, we have to buy in. We have to show it once we get to fall camp, once we get to the first game. We have to show all the work that we've done. But, um, you know, that starts February and early February when we start working out again. Um, you know, we could talk about all the great things we'll do, but, you know, all those games are going to be won from, you know, fe- early February up until the first day of fall camp. I really think how much we buy into that blueprint is going to determine our success. And what's really great about that, in my opinion, you know, we, we control that. There, there's nothing that um, anybody else can do. We, we know what the blueprint is, and I, I think we're going to buy in. And, you know, I know I'm ready to work. I know you know, all the guys are ready to work and um, we're, we're ready to go and we're ready to buy in. Ryan, in what ways are, are you hoping to take on a leadership role next season to help out those younger guys and make sure this team achieves the goals that they want to? Yeah. Um, I, in my opinion, I think leadership has everything to do with trust. I think um, if I was to go in and say, Hey, you know, I've had success with A, B, and C. You know, I don't, I don't know how many people would would really grasp onto that. I think um, leading by example is powerful. You know, if I came and when we start our workouts here in a couple of weeks, and I was jogging through all of the the hill sprints, and I was eating ice cream after the workout, you know, I lose trust in that. I think if I do, I I, I work really hard when we do sprints, when we lift in the weight room, and I do everything right off the field. I think that builds trust and I think that's, that's the best way to be a leader. And so I'm striving to do that. I'm, um, I'm learning. I think everybody's learning. Um, but that, that's how I think leadership is built. And Ryan, just like you're going to be a leader next year, when you first arrived at Virginia, was there uh, a coach, a player that kind of took you under their wing and helped you a lot and showed you the ways of college football? Oh Yeah. Um, Dylan Rankinsmeyer, he, um, he basically lived in the film room and, um, I, I would, I'd start going once a week. I had a free time during class. I would, I would stop by and then, you know, I turned it twice a week, three times a week, four times a week. Um, and Dylan was a great, great football player. He played all five positions on the line. You know, I, that, that's impressive to me. I, I know that's really, really hard. Um, so I think he just showed me how to be a college athlete and how to maximize, you know, whatever challenge is put in front of you. He, um, yeah, he really showed me the way and, uh, he just left 
uh, or he just finished his college career. But um, he was definitely a leader right when I got in. Ryan, having only started playing football as a sophomore in high school, and there was a lot of adjustment that needed to be made, weight gaining, just overall experience as a whole. But since coming to college, how have you seen yourself in terms of watching film? How has that improved and progressed in your overall understanding of what a defense is doing, the guy you're lined up against, uh, just in general with regard to that? Oh, yeah. It's... um. It's hard. The ACC, they got so many unique schemes and stuff. When I got here, you know, all I'd ever seen was a three-down front and a four-down front from a defense coming out of high school. And then they add all all the stuff and, you know, offensive schemes are so complicated. So it, it took some time just to, you know, to get my brain to wrap around all of that. But um, I, I think with our coaches and how smart our, our room is, your line room, I think once you you grasp grasp the main concept you can really have these these really in-depth conversations and your football knowledge at least for me increased so much um it helped me understand what what things i could do to be successful what things i could stop doing and um, add to my game and um yeah it's helped me a lot ryan who's been the most influential person in your football career whether it be a a player, uh, a former coach, current coach, a family member, who's been the most influential person in your football career? Oh, I, I got to say my mom and dad. Um, I'll start with my mom. She's, um, she's like my rock. She never gets too high. She never gets too low. You know what I mean? If I'm, if I'm real upset about something, I can talk to her and she'll always bring me down. Or if I'm real low, she'll, you know, she's always at that same level. Um, say, I know people always say, you know, somebody's like the rock. She's like my rock. Um, and then my dad, my dad, he, um, we've worked out a lot during, um, this quarantine. So I think just growing up, he would always, you know, we'd always watch movies like Rocky, um, stuff like that. So he's always kind of tried to instill that chip on the shoulder underdog mentality. Um, and it, it still goes on today. We work out and, you know, he's almost a crazy man. He makes me do some, some crazy things, but um, when, when it's all said and done, I look back and I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, he's influenced me a lot. Ryan, you're going to be one of the older guys on the team next year. Who are some other players though, that we should, as the media have an eye on for the upcoming 2022 NFL draft? Oh yeah. I mean, our line, we've, we, we've got so much talent. You know, the, the film speaks for itself when you look at, Chris Glazer, Olu, Oluwatimi, and Ryan Nelson. Um, speaking for myself at practice, you know, I go against Noah Taylor almost every day. And, you know, I, I, having to block him, he's got so much speed. Um, I, I never really see any speed like that anywhere else. So, yeah, I think he's another guy to look out for. Ryan, hypothetical question. If you could be trained by one player currently in the NFL, are someone who's retired, who would it be and why? Oh, that's a good question. I'd say David Bakatari. I, I like watching David Bakatari. He's, um, I think he plays so smart. I think he's got really good feet. Um, I'm curious wh- what, what kind of drills he's done, what, um, what his thought process is and when he sets, because um, I'll watch him sometimes and he's so talented. Um, I, I'd love to pick his brain a little bit. 
and Ryan, are there certain players in addition to David who you'll watch film of and try and add aspects or elements to their game and bring them to yours? Yeah, I um Well, I think self-study is really important. I think being able to watch myself and say, you know, what's successful, what's not successful, what's not working. Um, there's a lot of value in that. But um, I'll watch Tristan Wirfs from Tampa Bay. He's the right tackle. And I, I think whenever you have a guy come from college and jump right into the, a starting role in the NFL and, you know, be as dominant as he's been, um, you, you got to take note of that. So I'll watch him. I've watched some um, 2007, no, 2018 NC State O-line. I think they've run outside zone so efficiently. There's so much to um, to take from that film as well. Being at Virginia, one of the most prestigious schools in the country, what did you decide to study? And is that a field that you want to go into after your football career? Yeah, so I'm, I'm majoring in American studies and um, I'll probably get my master's after that and hopefully higher education. We'll see how that all works out. But I think American studies is unique because, you know, you study so many things, you know, through the lens of America and American history, stuff like pop culture, literature, visual culture. Um, it's so versatile and so broad. I feel like it helps me just understand whenever I'm reading something or, um, I have a thought, it helps me articulate it. Um, so I think it's a valuable major, um, in terms of career after that, I, um, you know, a dream of mine would be to work for, um, certain foundations. I do some work with, um, foundations that involve player help. And, um, if I, if I could work for, Something like that where, you know, I'd help pass legislation or get awareness out, anything like that. I um I, I would really like to do that. And Ryan, for our last question, for any rising high school football player, what's the best piece of advice you could give to them? That's a good question. I would um yeah, I think this is powerful. Um it's something I heard a while back. It goes, um, everybody comes to a point in their life when they want to quit. And it's what you do in that moment that determines who you are. So to me, um, you know, that means that sometimes when you want to quit the safe choice or the easy choice, you know, it's not always the right choice. Um, that's something powerful to me. And I, I think that could be impactful to a lot of people. I was Ryan Swoboda with the Virginia Cavalier football team. We appreciate all your time and insight and wishing you the best of luck next season. Thanks for having me, guys.